We celebrate you. Welcome to Lofty Heights Christian Center, a ministry that exists to raise kingdom influencers. As a church, we emphasize three themes. The Word, the integrity of it and its ability to transform, the Holy Spirit, His power and demonstration of the same, and love, love for God, for yourself, and for others. You are about to experience God's undiluted Word from God's servant, Pastor Wali Tejumade. Get ready for a transformation. Prophecy is simply inspired utterance. Prophecy is foretelling. Capacity of a man in whom the Spirit of the Lord dwells, you know, to be able to foretell what tomorrow is or to be able to tell what the mind of the Lord is. I think that's a better definition. So prophecy simply is telling forth God's mind. Looking at someone and delivering unto them the counsel of the Lord. Hallelujah. And we saw this, you know, um, you know, so much in the scripture from the Old Testament down to the New Testament. And as a matter of fact, you would see that in those days, for you to be able to prophesy, you'd have to be a prophet. So that's why you'll find many of them always running after a prophet. Take, for example, David. David's, for lack of a better word, personal prophet was the prophet Nathan. David would dare not to do anything except he consult, you know, with prophet Nathan. And he'd say, I want to do X and Y. Can you confirm, check for me from the Lord, if I can do this. So what he wanted to get was to know the mind of Christ concerning that situation. Prophecy is forth-telling. Hallelujah. It's an inspired utterance. It is not... It is not an utterance that comes, you know, from human reasoning, not of human wisdom. It's not a motivation, okay? No, it's not. For you to be able to prophesy and give a word of prophecy, the Spirit of the Lord indeed must be resident in you. I'd also done a teaching where I'd explained to us as a church that in those days, you'd have to be called into the office of a prophet to be able to prophesy. But right now, no. Every New Testament believer carries the seeds of prophecy or even more so have the capacity, you know, to receive the gift of prophecy if you so want it. Because the Bible tells us, you know, that we should covet earnestly, you know, spiritual gifts. You don't have to be called into the office of a prophet before you can prophesy. As a New Testament believer, you need to understand that. All right? So you don't necessarily have to go look for um, another Nathan somewhere. Hallelujah, glory to Jesus. As a matter of fact, through the studying of God's word, you can be prophesied upon. Because the word of the Lord itself, you know, is a word of prophecy. Hallelujah, glory to Jesus. So I have to give that background right now to even, you know, let us understand a little bit or refresh our memories as to what prophecy is. Hallelujah, glory to Jesus. Let me also put the second caveat. This teaching this evening, it's not for false prophet. I'm not talking about a prophet who is not called of the Lord, who prophesied over your life, you know, and you didn't see, you know, the things he said you were going to see. That's not the focus. So that assumption, you, you need to understand it. I'm talking about the fact that a genuine prophet or servant of God declared God's mind to you Yet the things he said to you, you know, you did not see it manifest. 
To be more specific, I'm saying that, take for example our church. I come around here right now, or like the Lord had said to us, that this year is a year of his glory. And you come to church every time. You come to church on Sunday, you come to church on Wednesday, and you hear people testifying, you know, of what God's glory is doing in their life and all of that. But there you are, you're not testifying, you're not receiving anything. Glory to Jesus. So those are the people that this teaching is about. Some of the days we'll talk about why, you know, um, you know, false prophet and prophecies, we can talk about that later on. But for tonight, it is not about false prophet. It's about a genuine servant of God declaring a word over your life and you're not seeing the word come to pass. Why is that so? You're not seeing it manifest in your own life, but you can see it in the lives of other people. So then, it then begs to say that the problem is not with the prophet. It begs to say that it is something about you. If I call you forth, for example, and I say, oh, if you are single, under the sound of my voice, rise up. And I say, before this time next year, you're all married. Glory to Jesus. Maybe you are five people, and I say, before this time next year, in the name of Jesus, you are married. And before you know it, number one, number two, number three, number four, they are married. Three months after that word has gone forth, you are not married. But the same word spoken to you was the same word spoken to them. But for them, the word, you know, profited them. The word delivers result. But for you, the word does not deliver result. Those are the people I want to talk to this evening. So then, in the scripture we see, Amos chapter number 3, verse number 7, Bible says that God does nothing without first revealing it to his servants, the prophet. Hosea chapter number 12, verse number 13, we saw Bible speaking says, By a prophet the Lord brought Israel out of Egypt. He says also that by a prophet, Israel was delivered, was preserved. By a prophet, Israel was brought out, that is, delivered from Egypt. By a prophet also, Israel, you know, was preserved. It doesn't matter who you are. There is always someone, that person that the Lord has appointed or set aside, you know, as a voice over your destiny. And when we take a look at a church as this, you know, it's... it's it baffles me how and why many times I'd hear, some, for some people in this ministry, before I say amen, they already seen the manifestation of the things I de de declared over their lives. Yet some other people, they don't. Take, for example, two nights ago or thereabout, I had cause to reach out to someone, you know, and the person explained to me what's going on and all of that. And I prayed with this person. So that same night before going to bed or before sleeping off while on the bed, I committed that same situation unto the Lord. Then the following morning, I reached out to this person and I said, so what's the state of things right now according to what we discussed last night? And this person said to me that just a few moments after I was done speaking with her, that things changed. But yet, you'll find all the people, I will declare it, I will say it, I will do everything. Nothing is happening. Certain things are responsible. For want of time, I'm only going to touch on three tonight. Glory to Jesus. For want of time, we'll touch on only three tonight. And before we go to the first one, in Second Chronicles chapter number 20, verse 20, the 20b, Bible speaking says, believe the word of the Lord, you will be established. It says, believe his prophet and you will prosper. So why do prophecies fail? Or why do certain people see the manifestations 
of a word from the man of God or from a prophet or from a servant of God, and the others don't say it. Number one, they never truly believed. I did not say they did not believe. They never truly believed. They never truly believed. They never truly believed. I didn't say they didn't believe. You know, it's something for you to think that you believe something. It's another thing for you to actually and truly believe it. And we way that by which we would know whether you believe or not. It's not in about you saying, amen, I claim it. It's about the things that you do after those words have gone forth. So that's what I'm saying. They never truly believe. So take for example, it is our year of his glory. Do you know many people take that as a cliche? How many of you under the sound of my voice right now, in your meditations, in your prayers, in all the things that you're doing, you're consistently and constantly meditating and saying to the Lord, Lord, you would say to us that this year is a year of his glory. And in your prayers or in the things that you're doing, how many of us truly, you know, are, are, are conscious of the fact that when we pray, we're saying, Lord, this year or today as I go out, let your glory be made manifest upon my life. They never truly believed. They heard it. They thought that was believing, but they never truly believed it. Hearing it does not mean you believe it. You can scream at the top of your lung and voice and shout, Amen, I receive it. It really does not mean that you believe it. Again, one way in which you would know that you believed is in the things that you do after the word has gone forth. In Luke chapter number 1, 26 to 38, Luke chapter number 1, 26 to 38. Let's see that. Since this is recharged, let's do a bit of Bible reading and all. Luke chapter number 6. Chapter number 1, sorry. Luke chapter number 1, 26 to 38. Glory to Jesus. It says, now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. To a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. 28. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Next verse. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. 31. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He says, he will be great and will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. 33. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I do not know a man? She heard it, but she was finding it hard to believe it. Their own case was even good. Let's continue reading. Look at the next verse, 35. 34, sorry. Okay, the Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I do not know him? And 35. And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that, ho that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. 38. Look at Mary's final response. The Mary said, 
Behold, the meat servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. It was at this point that Mary truly believed. How many of us know that you need grace to truly believe prophecies when declared over your life? <laughs> you need capacity to be able to believe it when they're truly you know, delivered over your life. You need grace to be able to believe it. Otherwise, the, the, the devil will fill your heart with doubts. You then begin to ask questions just like Elizabeth was asking, and you begin to wonder, how shall these things be? You get what I'm saying? You begin to wonder too, how shall these things be? But when the Lord says it, how it's going to be, it's, not, it's none of your own business. Your own business is to believe the word. And let the one who said the word, let him watch his word to perform it. We saw this also recorded in the book of Genesis concerning the life of Sarah. Hallelujah, glory to Jesus. I hope somebody is getting blessed already. We saw this concerning Sarah in Genesis. We saw it again in Hebrews chapter number 11, 8 to 13. Let's see Hebrews 11, 8 to 13, please. Hebrews chapter number 11, 8 to 13. You all remember the story of Sarah, right? When God told Sarah that Sarah was going to give birth. But what did the Bible say concerning her in the book of Genesis? She hid somewhere and she laughed. But you would have thought that Sarah did not believe. At that point when the prophecy was first declared, she had doubt. But in the book of Hebrews, you realize that actually at the long run, a doubt turned into faith. Let me show you that. Bible says in verse number 8, it says, By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country, dwelling in tent with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. By faith, Sarah herself also received strength. Can you see now? So the doubt that she had at first, the laughter that she made, or the expression that she made that seemed to, to say that she doubted what God was saying, it was also like the case of Mary. Mary too asked and questioned, I'm, I'm not, I have not known any man. This thing you're telling me right now, how shall it be? Similar thing you're seeing playing out in the life of Sarah. That was why I told you that what many of people also do not know is, when I declare a word over your life right now, you need capacity, grace, and strength to be able to say, let it be unto me, O God, according to the words of your servant. Many times you will not truly believe a word of prophecy except the Spirit of the Lord capacitates you. Except by the help of the Spirit, you will not truly believe it wholly. See, but first Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed, and she bore a child when she was past the age. Bible says, because she judged him faithful who had promised. In other words, she was no longer doubting. If she had remained, you know, in the state of doubt forever, she perhaps wouldn't have seen, you know, the prophecy made fulfilled. In any case, God would still have brought forth an Isaac, but he perhaps would not be through Sarah. Is somebody getting blessed tonight? People never truly believed. For Samuel chapter number 15, from uh, chapter number 1, rather, from verses 15 to 18. For Samuel chapter number 1, 15 to 18. We read also about the story of Hannah. And how Hannah, year in, year out, was heading out to Shiloh. 
And she prayed. Bible says that she prayed so much that she was not shouting. Nobody could hear what she was saying. The Bible says that the people around and the priest, that Eli, could see her mouth moving. So, the, so that's someone like groaning in his throat. You can see the head shaking. You can see the lips moving, but you're not hearing what the person was saying. So the prophet thought that she had, she was drunk. But Hannah answered and said, No, my Lord, I'm a woman of sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor intoxicating drink, but I've poured out my soul before the Lord. 16. Do not consider your maid servant a wicked woman, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief I have spoken until now. 17. Then Eli answered and said, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant your petition which you have asked of him. Look at um, Anna's response. And she said, Let your maid servant find favor in your sight. It was at that point strength came. Listen again. You need capacity, you need strength, you need grace, you need a fortitude by the help of the Spirit to truly believe any word of prophecy declared over your life. If you heard it in the flesh, don't think, because you see, prophecy is supernatural, prophecy is spiritual. So you can't prophesy in the flesh and see whatever thing you're saying, you know, come to, come to be. But many of us are not fully conscious about this. And you know what? Because that people do not truly believe, or tru truly do not, uh, do not truly believe, then they lack faith. And the moment faith is missing, nothing can be achieved. Hebrews chapter number 11, if you read from, start reading from verse number 1, especially speaking verse number 6. Because they do not believe, they do not truly believe, then they lack the faith to bring in forth that prophecy. If I say that before August this year, that desire in your heart received the result, I have said it, the Lord watches his work to perform his word. But you need faith to trigger that prophecy before that prophecy can be delivered to your hand. We saw this also in scripture church. Romans chapter number 4, Bible says that Abraham, not being weakened in faith, not considering the deadness of Sarah's womb, Bible says he was strengthened in faith. He was giving glory to God because he judged him faithful. I just read Hebrews chapter number 11 from verse number 8 to you. How Sarah, by faith, laid hold, you know, on the promise of the Lord. Little wonder Bible teaches that we should be like them, who through faith and patience, they do what? They obtain the promise. See, it doesn't matter how much you shout it. If you don't have faith indeed, uh, that truly this year is your year of his glory. You can't see the manifestation. It takes a believing by the renewal of the spirit or by the help of the spirit for your faith to, to jack up. So the faith is the currency with which you contend, you know, for the manifestation of that word. You may think you truly have faith, but you truly do not have faith. You know, take for example, a man of God says that, oh, that single sister, um, by October, you are fully set. And by the way, let me say this, and I've taught you all before. The Lord is the one who performs the works, or, I mean, who watches over the words of his servant and performs the counsels of his messenger. Any word pronounced over your life by a genuine servant of God, it carries the same water 
as the same one you read in the scripture. Because the Bible is a book of prophecy. Bible tells us that only men they wrote as they were inspired by the Holy Spirit. And that's exactly what prophecy is about. So I'm saying that this time around, like I said earlier on, it's not about maybe the prophets not being called or about the pastor or God changing his mind on the, on the words that proceeded from the mouth of his servant. No. Others are seeing the manifestation of that word, but you are not seeing it because you do not have faith. Bible says that without, Bible says, Hebrews chapter number 11, if you start reading from verse number 5, concerning Enoch. Bible says that it was recorded concerning Enoch, that Enoch, and Enoch was not. You know what was not means? He did not die. God took him home. Bible says because it was recorded concerning Enoch, that Enoch pleased the Lord. Then the writer of the book of Hebrews then went on today and said that because it is not possible to please the Lord, even a man lacks faith. Take a look at it. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them who diligently seek him. So you may then be wondering, what then is faith? I've explained this tons of times in this church. You can go back on YouTube and go watch. Faith is simply you holding God to the promise of his word. That's what it is. The Lord says I'm maritally settled. I believe it and that settles it. Even when things around me are saying otherwise, or when circumstances are saying otherwise, no, I don't. If you read the book of Hebrews very well, especially speaking chapter number 11, you would see them. Bible says that these ones, they did not lay hold on the promises till they died. Yet they believed. Let's see it. Let me show you. They did not lay hold. They died awaiting the promise of the Father. Yet the Bible says that they have faith. So faith is you have cancer in your body, for example, and I walk up to you and I say, in the mighty name of Jesus, the source and the root of that cancerous growth is cursed. And you believe it. Whether you died, healed, or not, faith is holding on to that word till you breathe your last. Faith does not respond to circumstance. It does not respond to, okay, so um, today, so this is this way, so tomorrow it's going to be that way. Oh, no. It is holding on, to, holding on to the integrity of God's word. The Lord has said it, and that settles it. You have immigration issue, for example, and a man of God, glory to Jesus. Let me use this daughter of mine as an example. Peace, to queer. Please stand up. When her dad was afflicted of the devil. Please get her a microphone. Grab this microphone and give to her. When the devil visited her father with a spirit of sickness, what word did I give you concerning that situation? Hear her. So you said the sickness shall not be unto death. I was not encouraging her. That was what the Lord said to me. It shall not be unto death. Meaning that it doesn't matter how terrible that sickness gets. He's not going to die with that sickness. How long ago was that? Please sit down. Come on, celebrate her. So because they do not truly believe, because they do not truly believe, then they lack the faith. 
to actualize it. You know how sometimes you give God ultimatum. You know, God, your son said that it's my year of glory, of your glory, and um, I'm maritally settled, and the, your glory is risen over my marital destiny, but I give it till October. If nothing happens, then that's it. I'm done. You've already gotten your response because the devil will make sure he will contend against that. Lacked faith. In 2 Kings chapter number 7, 1 to 2. We'll read 2 Kings 7, 1 to 2 first, then we'll go to 17 to 20. This is a story that some of you know. Say, don't ever doubt any word from the Lord. Against all circumstance, huh? Again, but that's why Bible could say, Paul could say, say, the just, they shall live by faith, not by sight. If you continue to judge the words that God has declared over your life, based on the extenuating circumstances in your life right now, you continue to doubt God's faithfulness and God's ability. The devil will make you to find reasons why that God is not good. He cannot even save you. You know, just a few moments ago, I was discussing with one of my sons here. And I was saying this, and I was saying that. And this, <laughs> you know, I'm a blessed man. I have so many sons and daughters. He said to me, he said, you know, pastor, I served so much last year, expecting God to do this, expecting God to do that for me. So God didn't do it. So this year, I just, I just felt, well, whether I serve or I do not serve, it's going to do it anyways. Is that what I've been teaching you? I said, this message tonight is actually for you. I said, is that what I've been teaching you? We are not serving God because of what we want him to do for us. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other things shall be added unto it. You're not seeking the Lord because you want other things added. You're seeking him because he's the king and he's in the kingdom. When you become a citizen of that kingdom, you've got everything that you need. You don't get it? So I looked at him and I said, that means... In 2020, up until early last year, when the devil struck against my wife and my son, I should have abandoned the altar and said, Ah, and Lord, and I'm calling on you, and, I, and I'm preaching, and I'm teaching your people the word, yet you could not make my wife to carry my baby up to 40 weeks. The devil would have been rejoicing. The lesson there is this. Find reasons why you serve God. Let it never, ne never be for pecuniary benefit or material benefit or any of all those stuff. Until God becomes your God, eh? in depth, in highs, eh? in lack, in abundance, you've not begun to serve. 2 Kings 7, 1-2. Let me read this, then we'll go to the other two. Then Elisha said, hear the word of the Lord. First says the Lord, tomorrow, about this time, a seer of fine flour shall be sold for a shekel, and two seers of barley for a shekel at the gate of Samaria. Next verse. So, an officer on whose hand the king leaned. You know what it means for a king to be leaning on an officer? That tells you that he's not an ordinary officer. He's the officer of high ranking. So, you would expect that he would have wisdom. Abi, that his head would be correct before he would, I mean, glory to God. Don't let me use example there. Okay, let me use example. See Samuel for example. <laughs> to be my assistant, huh? 
people would expect that there will be some measure of this thing here. So when you begin to do certain things, I don't ask, ah, it's not Pastor Ted, you say, um, this person, I say, why is that? The, the officer, you know, on whose hand the king leaned, answered the man of God and said, look, if the Lord would make windows in heaven, could this thing be? But glory to Jesus. Now listen to this, pay attention to this. You know that for Mary, for Sarah, and for this guy, each time those words come forth, the first reaction is always like a doubt. How shall these things be? But when you take a look at the life of Mary, Mary was able to convert that together, you know, eventually and say, yeah, let it be unto me according to, the, to, your, to, your, to your word. Right? Sarah, same thing. But you know the challenge with this dude? He did not have the opportunity to convert his doubt into faith to be able to see the manifestation of the prophecy. Do you understand what I'm saying? Do you understand what I'm saying? The, the, the rest, they'd doubt. The angel or the Lord will tell them something, then they will be encouraged. Then they will lay hold and believe. Then faith will be steered. But for him, look at. And he said, in fact, you shall see it with your eyes, but you shall not eat of it. Now see the same chapter of the book of 1 Second Kings from verse number 17 to 20. <coughs> Excuse me. Now the king had appointed the officer on whose hand he leaned to have charge of the gate. But the people trampled him in the gate. And he did what? And he died. Just as the man of God had said. Why? He was faithless. The man of God said it, he never believed it. Or rather, he never truly believed it. Just as the man of God had said who spoke when the king came down to him. So it happened just as the man of God had spoken to the king, saying, two seers of barley for a shekel and a seer of fine flour for a shekel shall be sold tomorrow about this time in the gate of Samaria. 19. Then that officer had answered the man of God and said, now look, if the Lord would make windows in heaven, could such a thing be? And he had said, in fact, you shall see it with your eyes, but you shall not eat of it. 20. And so it happened to him, for the people trampled him in the gate, and he died. Why? He did not believe. He lacked faith. Glory to Jesus. Because of want of time, let's move. Number two, why prophecies fail? Number two, why prophecies fail? There is no honor in the heart of the person or the people towards the man of God. There is no honor in their heart. No honor in their heart. One of the lessons or one of the things you would learn, you know, in spiritual settings or spiritual things are that proximity is often not a proof of connection. You can be very, in fact, you can be sleeping on the same bed with me, yet not be blessed by whatever grace that is upon me if you lack honor or there is no honor in your heart. You can be carrying my bag with me and be going everywhere with me. You can, I can enter church today and you'll be the one that will scream, that will shout, hey, Pete Hedge, celebrate you, sir. And truly, you know, the Bible says that uh, your mouth is saying one thing, it says, but your heart is meaning another thing. There is truly no honor in your heart. You can't carry it. You are not worthy of any grace that you despise. 
Do you understand me now? You, 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 you cannot carry it. You know, I've shared this before too. How I prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed concerning a situation with a particular person for so long. So I was not seeing the result. Ah, I'd done everything that I could. This thing should have changed. Things are not changing. So I began to get worried. So much such that I began to say to myself, ah, maybe the things I did, did, did you know, um, declared, maybe I did it in the head and not in the spirit. Maybe it was my word and not the word of the Lord. But you know what? The Lord told me no. The Lord said, this person's heart is not right towards you. Do you know that a few weeks or a few months afterward, I saw that for truth, the heart was not right. Honor. 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 If you cannot receive the, 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 the vessel that God would use, you will never be able to carry what he carries. And it paints me. I see that at play. Sometimes, even in this church. It you know, things that would have come to you easy peasy by way of association. Graces that would have rubbed off on you. Huh? That would have rubbed off on you. But because of the state of your heart against the man of God, you can't carry those things. So it's the people afar off that will now be testifying and saying, ah, you know, um, um, man of God, you know, I served with you on this and this and this, and you know this was what God, God did to me. Then you then begin to wonder, what's going on with those who are very intimate with me? Because they lack honor in their heart. We saw this play out in 2 Kings chapter number 4, 8 to 17. I can pray from now to tomorrow because the Lord himself is the one who knows your heart. He will not allow you to carry that thing that I'm talking to you about, that I'm declaring over your life. Because your heart is not right. And this is why it is dangerous. I say this all the time. Church, this is why it is dangerous to remain in a church where you know that you cannot honor or reckon with the grace of God upon the set man over that place or upon the leadership of the church. When you lose confidence upon the leadership, especially upon the set man of the commission, the best thing for you to do is to carry your bag and go elsewhere. Because at that point, the source of the grace, it begins to cease. It's not going to flow anymore. Not that you just notice that it's not just not flowing. You just see that those who are not as close or who don't do what you do, they are the ones getting blessed. Yet you are serving and serving and serving and you're not getting blessed. What brought about, you know, the story of the Shunammite woman with Elijah? I was Elisha. What brought about the miracle? Because the woman said to her husband, that man, the hand of the Lord is upon him. I know the hand of the Lord is upon him. He passes through this place every time, going on ministry work. See, we have a space up there. Why not let her arrange that space? Let's make it peaceful. Let's make it beautiful. Let's make it presentable. Then they set that place. They made it very great. Then they will present a meal to the man of God. The man ate the meal so much such that his spirit began to, you know, I don't know what, what word I can use. See, there are certain graces from me you will carry without me ever having to say anything to you. Just by you serving or just by you being around. I don't have to say one word. 
Because many in such instances, I would want to say something and there will be no word coming out of my mouth. Okay, you, you're a beneficiary. Sorry, I use that as an example. She, she's, you can go ask her. Honor, honor. So it's your year of his glory. Then he stood here. Maybe right now, even as he's talking. You know, many of you also have a problem with the fact that your pastor is very good looking. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Come on, celebrate Jesus. Amen. I'm just joking. So you begin. Look at his head. Look at his nose. I'm not sure he's called. The hand of God is not upon him. He's, he's lying. See, you've sorted yourself. Let me give you this story. A while ago, he, this happened in this city. A lady came to this church for recharge, a service as this, when we were doing Biblio. That was last year. She follows her ministry online. She has a local assembly that she attends here. And if you serve here, you know me very well and I've taught the volunteers to you. Anyone who is committed in a local assembly, don't ever ask them to leave their church and come and join us. If they feel that they want to be, there are people right now connected to this telecast who are not members of Lofty Height, yet they are getting blessed. So, she would reach out to me on IG, would ask me questions about the scripture and all of that, and I would read those questions, and I would be like, who can I use as an example in this church now? Let me use Chioma. Those were the kind of questions that if Chioma asked me, you know, like saying, asking me, um, is the Holy Spirit a person? I will slap her. <laughs> because that means that your presence, you've been on this church for over one year. That means your presence has been a waste. I can't even ask, eh? where have you been? You're asking me, um, um, is Jesus coming again? Or, um, uh, I mean, so she'd ask me some of these questions and I would answer her. So one day, and I told her, I said, I need you to pray more about where you worship. Then she poured her heart out and said, she's been serving over there and that she's not able to leave. I said, no, I'm not asking you to leave. I said, stay there. I said, but you must understand that where a man worships is not a function of emotions. You stay in a place where you know that you have the capacity to grow. A, a, a place where the word of God is well taught. When you, I mean, if you eat flesh and bone, you put it in your mouth, the two. Peace, you will not know the difference. You will know the difference. If they give you bone, they give you flesh. When you put them in your mouth, you know this is bone, this is flesh. So she would then come to lofty height. So this particular Bible, she came. And after the service, she walked up to me. And she showed me a note. A note was full. She was very solid girl, low, very, you know, godly lady. She was busy writing notes. So we finished service, then she showed me, she said, I should see her note. My friend, Emmanuel Aaron, she follows Emmanuel too. Since she follows Emmanuel online, she watches um, his ministrations and all of that, that she took this note. Then she flipped and said, see, this was the note I took in my church on Sunday. That was about maybe two or three lines. So, <laughs> you, came, you came here, you came to church, you came for recharge, you came for recharge, and your note was full. And she was almost weeping. I said, I said, there is nothing, I can never open my mouth and say, leave that place and come here. I said, I'm sorry. 
I said, I know why you want to remain. I said, I'll remain there. I said, but you need to take your spiritual growth. You need to take it more seriously. Somewhat, she summoned courage. And she didn't tell me this. It was later on I got to know. Went to meet her pastor. You know, and said that maybe she felt led to leave the church or so. Before the pastor could say, before she could say Jack, the next response was, you're going to Lofty Heights. You're going to Lofty Heights. That was the pastor's wife. So she explained to them why she wanted to leave. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm laughing, but the pastor's wife told, told her that she had lost her salvation and she needed to give her life back to Christ because she feels that she was no longer getting blessed by her pastor. Aye. And here I am, I'll come to this church, I'll stand on the altar as I am right now, and I'll tell you all, once you know you're not growing spiritually, and I'm saying it again to you all right now, don't stay. The moment you feel that, you realize that maybe you're so full, and the word is no longer blessing you, the worship is no longer blessing you, the people are now, you know, offending you, the best thing, just carry your kayak, huh, and just leave. So when I heard that, I shook my head. As God would not have it, a while later on, myself, the pastor, whom I'd never met in person before, and his wife, whom I did not know, we then met at a party in this city. By the time they saw me, the man of God charged towards me, came to me, said, ah, Pastor Wale Tejumade, right? I said, yeah. Okay, many of you may not know, but the truth is that I'm a very, very shy person. Yes, those who got very, very, see, I love my privacy. I love, I'd be, I'd rather be behind the scene. Just that many times the Lord always throws me out. That's why, do you know, I don't go out alone. That's why I don't go out alone. If I need, if you invite me to come somewhere, for example, I'll carry Bizu, carry Samuel. I would have one of them join me. The reason is to use them to boost my confidence. Hallelujah. So, apparently the man knows me. And the man said, ah! Ah, Pastor Wally, ah, you down? Oh, I'm so blessed. I look and congratulations on your new project, the Ark. I saw it. Very amazing man. My wife was around me in that period. I said, oh, yeah, that said, oh, I've heard a bit about you. The only thing I've heard about him and the church was what the person attending there, you know, had told me, right? So I said, oh, yeah, that I've heard a bit about you, that God, and frankly, from the bottom of my heart, because I know pastoring in this land is not this job. Uh, I will, you'll never hear me run down any ministry or any minister. I saluted him from the bottom of my heart, and I encouraged him. He said, God bless. He said, oh, that you would like to come and worship with us, that whenever we are having program and it's not clashing with the program, you will be glad to come. I said, I will be very glad to receive you. And I said, oh, and this is my wife, Lady T. And Lady T, you know, saluted her and all of that. Then the wife came. So as the wife came, the wife said, the husband said, oh, Pastor Wale Tejumade said, oh yeah, I know her. I mean, I know him, rather. Say, oh yeah, I know him. And then she started talking to me convivially. Say, ah, God bless you. Ah, so much work you're doing in this city. Ah, ah. And in my mind, I was like, Lord. This was the same person who ran down my ministry to someone. Who now saw me, then began to speak, you know, so glowingly about me. In this city, not outside this city, 
in the city. And they began to celebrate me, began to say, ah, well, if, by the time, because me, I don't like you greeting me too much. It makes me uncomfortable. I wanted to leave that spot, you know, and go elsewhere. When she was leaving, she came to meet me again. So, ah, good night, sir. Answer, answer, answer. Ah! Woman! Glory to God. What brought me to this level was honor. Honor. If you worship him and you're no longer getting blessed here of his glory and you do not believe it, you don't have to remain here. You don't have to. This is not. I say it all the time. I'm not the best preacher or the best pastor in the city. This is what, I mean, in the class of some churches in this city, what do you have that you even want to brag about? So, the bottom line is that the moment you know that you're no longer getting blessed, your heart is poisoned against the man. Leave the space. Leave the place. Because rather than incurring blessings by remaining in there, you may be incurring curses on yourself. And I pray that that will not be the testimony of someone in the name of Jesus. But for me, you know, it baffles me. I don't know how some of you all do it. A man of God. You look at him, and your heart will be so poor. You'll be wishing him evil. Ah! And you can lay to bed at night. Hey. Glory to God. So number two, prophecies are not fulfilled because they have no honor in their heart against the man of God. If God says it, and he's going to do it, you'd have to receive in its entirety with his flaws. Because the man of God is not without flaws. We will have to receive him with us. That was why Paul could say, you know, could be describing people as ministry gifts. As what? As ministry gifts. Your ministry gift should be one you think about and you're just thankful to God. Say, Lord, thank you for the gift of this man. If you've not gotten to that level, something may be wrong somewhere. Do you know, as we were here, I received a message from my spiritual father, Reverend Victor, telling me that he's in the city, that he knows that there is service today, so we'll catch up tomorrow. My heart left for joy. I've told you all before. In my office at home, I have, you have um, Pastor Eno Kadejari Adeboye. You see um, Bishop David Oyedepo. You see Reverend Victor Ademi. Then you see myself. Sometimes I just turn. I see these faces and smile just beams. That is why I keep receiving and receiving and receiving and receiving from them. Bible says the spirit of just men, it makes perfect. Your heart is open. Your heart is not with any bile. There is no hurt, no hatred, no offense in your heart. You just think about it and you say, Lord, thank you. Even when they do something, they offend you, you run to God and say, Lord, help me to cast away this heart from my heart against your servant. Bishop Oyedepo, I walk in the fullness of the spiritual gift and graces upon his life. Yet, I have never met Bishop Oyedepo in my life, one-on-one -on -one in person. The closest I perhaps have ever gotten in a place where Bishop was ministering, maybe where Brother Shalom, Brother Dennis sat. But you know what? But because my spirit is right, you know what God does? He shows up to me in my dreams. He visits me in dreams. He visits me. One of my daughters in this church gave me a gift which I just received, maybe, I think she dropped it maybe like last week or so. I received it just a few days ago. And I opened it. Then it had a card. And I read the content of that card. 
I was almost crying, and I'm not kidding. So I called her, and I declared blessings over her life. See, those kind of blessings, they are the type that once it is said, it cannot be taken back. You remember the story of Jacob and Esau? Huh? The moment it goes forth, huh? even if it was done in error, heaven will honor it. Let your heart be right. You hear me? When the word is about to be taught, I've taught us as a church, rejoice in your heart. Lord, thank you. You're about to visit me with the ministry of your word. Thank you. This is one of the reasons why I was also telling us last week, before you show up for any service, pray. Pray. Lord, use your servant for me. If you believe, Bible says that let the ones who labor among you, let them be considered worthy of double honor, especially those of them who labor in word. Glory to Jesus. I'm not talking just about me, myself, my wife, MD, MJ, anyone in leadership position, you know, in this, in this church. That's why I don't take nonsense. So sometimes when I'm tough like that, it's to protect your destiny, not that I have anything against you. Somebody say honor. And the last, but not the least, which perhaps is the biggest that you need to understand about why prophecies are not fulfilled. Same word shared to everybody. Others are testifying, yet you are not testifying. Number three, the failure to war. Failure to war. Let's see that First Timothy chapter number 1, 18 to 20 again. First Timothy chapter number 1, verses 18 to 20. Glory to Jesus. First Timothy chapter number 1, verses 18 to 20. We read that earlier, and specifically speaking, verse 18. This charge I commit to you, son, Timothy, according to the prophecies. According to what? Come on now. According to what? According to what? According to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them, by what? By the prophecies, that by them you may do what? You may wage the good warfare. That by the prophecies given to you, you may fight. That by the prophecies given to you, you may contend. That by the prophecies given to you, you may war. That by the prophecies given to you, you may shoot the right missiles. Because the word has gone forth from the servants of God. So those prophecies, listen, prophecies are not given to us just to make us relax. They were given to us to enable us to war. I don't know how many of you are getting blessed. Prophecies are not what? Prophecies are not given just such that, hey, you know, um, you know, you're trusting God for the fruit of the womb. Don't worry. Don't worry. In three years, God has done it. Then you now go to bed. No. Church, no. The word has gone forth. That before this year ends, you are maritally settled. You are not jumping. You are now relaxed. You chose to stop taking good care of yourself. You now show up in church. You look like a masquerade. You go out. You no longer take good care of yourself. Why? Because the Lord has said it and that settles it. Because the word of prophecy has gone forth. 
You've been prophesied upon and told, hey, you know, God is going to give you a job in three weeks. Then you keep on sleeping and waking up. You're not applying for jobs. Because the Lord, the mouth of the Lord has spoken it, and you know that whatsoever thing this mouth of the servant of the Lord does, says, it does. Ah, okay. Prophecies are not given. Just such that man may relax. Prophecies are given that man may contend. Give me that scripture again, please. Prophecies are given such that man may war, such that man may fight. So I say to you, in three years, ah, huh, you are fulfilled. You carry your own baby. Daughter of the Most High, that is not time to now begin to sleep. That's not time to do nothing. Prophecies, they are calls to action. Oh! Prophecies are what? Prophecies are calls to action. Prophecies, they are calls to action. So you just won't lay down and just be sleeping. You're saying, you know, I have no worries. You know why I have no worries? Because God has said it that in three years he's going to say to me, no, you won't see it. That's why prophecies are not fulfilled in the lives of many believers. They fail to war. Prophecies are not given for your relaxations. For prophecies are delivered to you that you may be able to contend, that you may be able to war. In case you don't know, Learn this tonight, church. If I say to you, if you're trusting God for a job, for example, Brother Damilari, and I said, in three weeks as the Lord whom I serve lives, that job is delivered to your hand. Listen, the devil also hears it. You know what he will do? He will set things in motion to cause you not to see the manifestation of that. That's where many believers make it, miss it. So they say, the prophecy has gone forth. I believe it. And that is it. No! If I tell you, you will get married before December. Don't think that it's just a... No, no. It means that every time as you are praying, as you are fellowshipping, as you are studying the word, you are remembering those words of prophecies and you're saying, Lord, you said it through your servant. I believe it. And that settles it. And you go to war. You go to war. Father, you have said it. And I believe it. This word of prophecy holds effect in my life. They are established. No demon from hell will be able to contend with it. That's what you do. Or prophecies. Any prophecy not contended for is prophecy not delivered. How somebody is taking note? Any prophecy not contended for is prophecy not delivered. This is the chief reason why many believers don't see the fulfillment of prophecies. I say that job, the Lord has given it to you. Then, they call you for an interview. And instead of you preparing for the interview, like your life depends on it, you wake up very late and say, after all, the mouth of the Lord has spoken it, that the job is already mine. So they begin to ask you questions in the interview room, and you begin to mess up. You won't get the job. The problem is not with the man of God. The problem is that you don't understand the art of war. This charge, I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by those prophecies you may fight. By those prophecies you may contend. If you have high blood pressure and I say, in the name of Jesus, that rises in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ, you know, and you then begin to, you know, work yourself up and do things that you should not be doing, you won't see the manifestation of that. Okay, let me put it this way. 
What if I say to you all that when the word of prophecy is given from a genuine servant of God, it is also an invitation to the forces of darkness to come after you. That's the reason why you will hold on to a word of prophecy that says, before this year ends, for example, you are maritally settled. And maybe before this moment, before that word of prophecy comes, before you move from one spot to another, brothers, they are saying hello to you. If you're a sister, if you're a brother, sisters are looking at you, they are, you know, aligning, you know. Glory to Jesus. Damn, why are you smiling? Hallelujah. Come on, celebrate Jesus. Amen. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Okay, who is that behind you? What's going on? Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. So, when such a word of prophecy then comes forth and says, this year, before December, you are fully married. Prior to that period, if you're a sister, for example, you may be having like an average of three toasters a month. The moment that prophecy goes out, you may not see anybody again. The pastor says, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, in three weeks, you get the job. And all of a sudden, you're no longer seeing job openings. Glory to Jesus. They say, before this time, this, uh, you carry your own baby. And all of a sudden, you continue to have your blood. Every prophecy gone forth from the mouth of a genuine servant of God is also an invitation to the forces of darkness to come against the believer. That's why you must war. That is why you must do what? That is why you must. Then you will not be wondering. I don't know how many of you have been there before. You will then be wondering. Ah, but my life was better before this, this prophecy came. Home. And now this man declared this right now, and it's like my life is good. Eat the life from the pit of hell. You know what the devil wants to do? He wants to take you back to point number one. He wants you to get to a level where you will not truly believe and you will no longer have faith. And the moment you no longer believe, you truly do not have faith, you've lost the tool needed to deliver the prophecy into your hand. Let me give you practical examples. I hope somebody's getting blessed. And by the way, I think I miss teaching this way in recharge. It's been a while. Hallelujah. Peace is smiling because he's been looking forward to this. Hallelujah, glory to Jesus. All through last year, I think we took him Biblio. Let me share this. One of the reasons why, or one of the ways in which I got to know that the devil has a way of contending with every word of prophecy is, in the year 2020, if you remember, the Lord told us it's our year of supernatural speed. That was December 31st, 2019, stroke, 1st of 2020, right? Then by March of 2020, COVID-19 happened everywhere. <coughs> Glory to God. What do you think your rational thinking is going to be? Because everything was shut down. Offices were shut, roads were closed, nothing was happening. Yet, the Lord had told you, it's a year of supernatural speed. You may begin to wonder, how do I gain speed in the midst of lockdown? What if I tell you that that was exactly what God did for us? 
This church, this church, this church breakthrough came in the midst of pandemic. Many members of this church, while others were losing jobs and all of that, they were changing jobs. Our income soared at the donation we received. So in the midst of downtown. Why? The mouth of the Lord has spoken it. So what am I saying? The Lord gave that word of prophecy because he knew that things may want to apply, appear slow in that same year. And he says, for, for you, I'm going to grant you supernatural speed. And that was exactly what God did. That was exactly what God did. Now, it's your year of his glory. Church, the devil is going to contend it. You know, I told you, with glory comes the presence, the power, and the pleasure of God, which is the beauty of the Lord, right? The devil would fight you so hard to ensure that you're not seeing the presence, you're not seeing the power, you're not experiencing the beauty of the Lord. Where the glory of the Lord is, shame cannot be found. The devil will war such that, you know, all that you are seeing, all that you are experiencing, there are similitudes of shame. Bad. If you can learn to war on that word. Let me read what the TPT version says. I have that somewhere here. Oh, somebody's getting blessed. Come on, celebrate Jesus tonight. First Timothy, chapter number one, verse 18. Why prophecies are not fulfilled. Why prophecies are not fulfilled. See what the TPT says. The TPT version says, media, I'm not sure you have that, but if you can try, maybe that may be great. But the TPT says, TPT says, so, Timothy, my son, I am entrusting you with this responsibility in keeping with the very first prophecies that were spoken over your life and are now in the process of fulfillment in this great work of ministry. He says, in keeping with the prophecies spoken over you, he says, with this encouragement, in other words, with the prophecy, he says, with this encouragement, use your prophecies as weapons as you wage spiritual warfare by faith and with a clean conscience. Use your prophecies as what? Use your prophecies as weapons as you wage spiritual warfare by faith and with clean conscience. You know what clean conscience talks about? Honor. Glory to Jesus. It means what? Honor. Honor. Oh, no. Then see what happens. He says, for there are many who reject these virtues. What are the virtues? The virtue to fight, to war, you know, and to have clean conscience. He says, for there are many who reject these virtues and are now destitute of the true faith, such as Hymenaeus and Alexander who are falling away. I have delivered them both over to Satan to be rid of them and to teach them to no longer blaspheme. Prophecies are given to war. Think about it as I begin to wrap up this session tonight. We read in the book of Genesis concerning God, the children of Israel, and the children of Egypt, right? And the Lord told them, you know, that it was going to, 
Lead them to a land flowing with milk and honey. Right? Did God tell them that they were going to go through the wilderness for 40 years? Again, prophecies are not given to cause you to relax. You're under the sound of my voice. You're holding on to it. Whatever it is. Maybe I prayed with you. Or maybe you studied it in the scripture. Content. You're trusting God for a change of job. You've heard me declare that that job is delivered. Or maybe I will declare it tonight. Content. You're trusting God for marital settlement. I've prayed with you. Or a man of God, genuine servant of God has prayed with you. And you believe it. Content. Jesus, our Lord and Savior. MJ, Jesus sees prophecy of being the, 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 the Savior of the world. Jesus had to contend for the manifestation of that prophecy. That the Father has crowned you as the Savior of the world does not mean you walk through the face of the earth. And you just declare yourself as the Savior of the world. No, you would fight. You would war. That's why you'd read in the scripture Bible telling you that he prayed so hard, you know, that his sweat became like drip of blood. In fact, he got so serious in the process of Jesus warring and contending for the prophecy that has been given, you know, concerning him. Bible says he prayed so hard and he said, Father, if it be your will, let this, cause, this cup, let it pass over me. If it be your will, let this cup pass over me. It says, but nevertheless, nevertheless, your will, not mine, be done. Rise up on your feet tonight. You see, this is the kind of teaching you'd have to go and watch again on YouTube. Brother Deoloa, please, as much as, as quick as you can, make this available on Spotify and all streaming platforms. You'd have to plug earpiece into your ear, you know, and hear it. Then you now know what you will do? You will then go and start remembering the prophecies that had been declared over your life that you held on to. And ask yourself very true questions. Did you truly believe? Did you have faith? Or it was just, you just said it, well, that's the way pastor prophesied, so that, that, that's it. Number one. Then number two, you then go and ask yourself, do you have honor in your heart? Do you truly receive the gift of the ministry? Do you receive the person holy, a male or a female, black or white, old or young? Then number three, which I think is the most important, when was the last time you walled on that prophecy? You will fight, you will labor, you will do all that you can until your eyes see the manifestation of the thing or until you lay hold of the thing that has been declared to your life. Don't forget, prophecy not contended for is prophecy not fulfilled. Lift up your voices up unto the heaven, Lord, tonight. And give him thanks. Give him thanks. Now you understand why your life will be smooth before. Then you come to church, you would hold on to a word, and your life seemed to be going zigzag. It's because the devil is fighting against the word that you've heard. You all heard Lady's testimony. I shared on his glory in your health. Do you know people's health were being challenged in this church? Now, this month, I'm going to be sharing about love. You watch how the devil will attempt 
to be nursing offenses in the heart of people. When the word goes forth, it's also an invitation to the forces of darkness. But they can't stand it if you would fight, if you would war. Pray tonight and say, Lord, give me capacity to believe. I told you, man cannot receive prophecy indeed truly by the flesh. You would have to receive it by the help of the Spirit. Pray tonight, Lord, give me the grace to honor the man that you've placed over my life. Then pray tonight, Father, I receive the capacity to war. To war. This church, I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage the good warfare. All eyes closed and all eyes bowed. A lofty height, we don't like bringing our services to a close without giving someone an opportunity to have a relationship with the Lord. So you're under the sound of my voice, you're not saved. But you'd like to be right now. Say this after me. Dear Father, I thank you for leading me to your house tonight. I repent of my sins. I confess you as my Lord and my Savior. I believe that you died. And I believe you rose again. Please save me. Fill me with your love. Saturate my heart with your spirit. And make me yours from this moment and even forevermore. Amen. If you receive that word tonight, would you celebrate Jesus? We trust God that this ministration blessed your life tremendously. Do share your testimony and experience with us by emailing us at hello at myloftyheightsglobal.org. For more life-transforming messages from our ministry, please visit and subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can also stay connected with us across our social media platforms at My Lofty Heights. To give to our ministry, please visit our website. We love you, we honor you, and we celebrate you.